0: Gyro Nation Metal.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Past the Fall is a metal band based out of London, England, whose music has a wide range of musical elements from thrash to prog, and of course, mellow death and groove. Releasing their debut album, From Insanity's Ruin, in November of 2021, Past the Fall is gearing up to release new music. Past the Fall is the product of longtime friends, Will Wright and Thomas Cope. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Will Wright, the band's vocalist and bassist, and one of its founding members. Will, it's great to meet you, and thank you for joining me today.
0: Hi Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Thanks uh thanks for inviting me, man.
1: Oh, any I'm always soaked to talk with people across the world, but also in different genres of metal. So again, I appreciate it and thank you for the opportunity.
0: Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, no, it's um because I know you focus on a lot of extreme, but I just think uh the kind of the breadth of the work you do as well is really cool. So yeah, it's totally an honor to be here.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. There's so many different places that we could start, but I'd like to start kind of at the beginning. And you've already explained the formation of the band. So you and Tom, uh, sorry, Thomas, have been friends since you were 11 or 12-ish, and playing music together since you were about 15 years old. So Mm. I'm assuming that you were already a fan of heavier music back then, and is that correct?
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think probably lost, like, my musical virginity when I was, well, like, 10 or 11, I guess. Like, you know, when... um, I always, I, I said this before to somebody once where I just think there's like, I kind of listened to music before and as a kid, but there's a moment I think everybody can remember in their lives when it's like, it becomes really serious. Like it's something, you know, that, you know, really moosey. It was probably like 10, 11, but that was just like guitar stuff I think, like um, Pixies and uh, Radiohead and kind of, um, yeah, like uh, Nirvana and stuff like that. But that was kind of the gateway drug into metal, I guess, when I was, poof. Uh, I mean, I had a really good guitar teacher, actually, like when I started playing and for a year. He was great. He used to feed me like things like um, Rust in Peace and Rage Against the Machine. And she'd be like, you have to listen to this, you know, in with all the other stuff. So that was kind of like, I was like, oh, my God, like, what is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just hearing what you said about like your teacher and he kind of, I don't want to say force fed you new music, but he mm. said you had to listen to that as well as some other stuff. So did you often have to listen to certain types of music in order to be able to learn how to play?
0: Oh, definitely. I think I've come from a background of being quite... Um, I talked to Thomas about it, uh, actually, and when we think back, I mean, I think we were just, like, into music, and it's sort of like, uh, we just, it's, um, how to put it, like, we just love music, and uh, we love playing guitar, and it just so happens that most of the stuff that we really, really dig is super heavy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, you know, one doesn't exclude the other, so we more just came from being just general music fans, I guess, and then we just, you know, the more heavy stuff we found, it's like, you know, listen to something heavier and then something heavier and then like, what's this? And, and you get the whole back, back catalog. So I remember my guitar teacher, you know, it'd be cool. Like one week he'd be showing me like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan live videos, you know, um, you know, or and then it could be incubus one week or, you know, be like doing some T-rex another week or it'd be rust in peace another week, you know? Um, so I think you're quite lucky in that regard actually to have quite a broad exposure to mm-hmm. lots of different stuff. Um, Cause I, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got a feeling that like the, the genus of like kind of really good music is just exists in all genres. If you like, it's a kind of a universal theme, you know, it's not like genre specific. So it just so happens that I just fucking love metal. Cause it just takes that and just fucking turns it, you know, excuse, excuse the pun, but turns out to 11. It's like, so when it's good, it's really good.
1: <laughs> no doubt. And I think part of that has to do with like the chaotic energy, the high intensity, and sometimes just even like, sheer emotion behind the music itself as well as like obviously the musicianship
0: yeah definitely because um I always think you know that's why I think we're so like in the metal community we can be you can be just such a source of debate and like discussion as well music because it's so intense like not only like the stuff that you really love you're gonna really love the stuff you hate you're gonna really hate because <laughs> it's <laughs> so intense but that's kind of what's so cool about the whole scene you know it's like it's just it's these can be i mean that like, what I say about metal to like people my friends that don't like understand metal or, or maybe just don't listen to it is like for me metal kind of has like every genre within it anyway. Like you could have elements of you know like jazz or blues, rock, you know, um it's classical, you know, all this stuff, but it's just turned up like so that kind of chaotic intensity, which just yeah makes it sublime.
1: I agree. I like I like the fact that you can find so many different styles of music within the umbrella of metal and like you touched on classical now going back to just quickly jumping back and forth here learning some of the styles of guitar did you actually find a teacher that would teach you say metal specific guitar or was this just a guitar teacher to to teach you how to play guitar um fundamentally I guess
0: yeah probably fundamentally I I had uh, because I started I should mention I started off playing guitar and I I switched to bass um kind of with a different incarnation with the band in my 20s but So I played guitar since I was 11. Um, And yeah, probably like maybe self-taught for a year or something. And then I had a year of lessons. Um, And I think it's funny because I think Thomas may have, uh, he was friends with Thomas's family as well. I don't know if he had lessons with him or not, but he was a guitar teacher. Um, But just kind of quite general. But I mean, I think sort of back then it just didn't seem unusual that like if you like guitar, just metal was part of your repertoire because I mean it's just so obviously you know it be so technical, of like virtuoso. And I think it was like there was quite a lot, especially in like the, the local jam scene or the local musicians and stuff. I think there was like a lot of um, emphasis put on just being quite well-rounded, like as a musician. So like trying to listen to everything and just trying so anything that was had cool guitar in it, you know, like you know to pull legs from it, um, ideas, inspiration, and being like and taking that into your own playing, so you could be well-rounded in any situation. Um, I mean, it, I guess, you know, it's kind of cool that like if people are just like, oh, I'm just totally into like, you know, back and thrash, woof, and that's all I've ever learned and done. But, um, but for me personally, I think you can expand your horizons even within like the own genre that you play in when you open it, open your playing up to other styles of music and just learning those feels and grooves.
1: And especially nowadays, when you see what metal bands are doing, incorporating all other genres as well, it seems to be yeah, more and more difficult to pigeonhole yourself into a specific genre if you want to branch out at all
0: yeah it's really tricky these days as well because like um also i do a lot of self-promotion and, and you know so i listen to a lot of metal every day and a lot of stuff that's kind of in that kind of underground um slot i guess in between the sort of majors and um and sort of where we're trying to kind of uh, make our mark and um i mean i think it's hard because you know it'd be easy to argue right like that oh there's just we've had well you know arguably the first kind of metal band movie like sabbath in like 68 69 or something like that and then you've got heavy blues before that so even the format of like having a heavy rock or metal band has been around for uh, this mass now 30 40 50 60 years i guess you know something like that um how much more can you do with it you know are we just like we're we just bolting different genres or like styles you know we're we just gonna have like squirrel battle the pirate metal next, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it sometimes just feels like, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, it can be like that. But I still think there's loads of room for people to be, and I think the key thing is like, I mean, sometimes I've heard people say, oh, it's only 12 notes. how much more can you do? And it's like, well, it's been like that for hundreds of years, not like tens of years. And I think the thing that still really shines through is people's personality. And um, for sure, like everybody's standing on the shoulders of what came before. I mean, it's funny. I watched, a, I was watching a documentary about Iggy and the Stooges the other day, and I, you know, I, I knew a, a couple of their songs, but like, I didn't realize like how the fashion, the lifestyle, and the music, how much like the punk movement just totally ripped it off. You know, like you've even got like some uh, one of the guitarists in the Stooges wearing like old kind of militaristic, you know, swastikas and old. And then you look at um, what's his name? Is it Sid Vicious in the Sex Pistols? You know, and he's got iron crosses and not you know, and that whole vein through punk and the anti-establishment look and and then even the sound of it and you think oh man you know it's just been happening forever I mean you know it's like maybe there was some like medieval luteist that was like totally ripping on <laughs> some like music it's <laughs> like I don't know in some like Finnish troll circle or something I don't know um but yeah I mean that's a bit of a tangent it's just to say I guess like but there's always the scope to have your own personality shine through it So, and it's a fine line, you know I mean? I think it's a fine line between just taking riffs and bolting them together of other genres and styles and being like a tribute. And then, but for me, it's a really important difference where you just take all your influences and you bring it together and and let it out in your own personality that's genuine. And and in that sense, I think we are still kind of unlimited to have like originality, you know, even in metal, you know, which is, seems to be, there's like something for everything now.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, there's also the other side of the argument too. It's like you don't necessarily have to, don't necessarily have to morph things too, too much. Like there is a huge mm. uh, old school death metal resurgence right now, or mm. maybe it's it's always been surging. But I've noticed like a lot of newer bands coming out with that old school death metal feel, and like there's nothing really wrong with that. But you have some people that will mm. shit on other bands for sounding like those that have come before. But at the same time, it's like, but you're asking for more of what you like. So I'm not like experimentation is yeah. good, but also staying the same is good in some regard.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I try to be really mindful of like not to be like too much of an old bastard about the whole thing as well because like you know it's um because like if it's new to you it's new to you or if it's fresh for you well hell if it's just fun for you it's fun for you I mean I was looking at a band the other day I was checking out um are they called, yeah they were called Schizophrenia and um uh, I mean they say they're a death metal band but like to me they are the I and I'm not this is not a dig at all they they're literally like um Sepultura on the Schizophrenia album they're doing pretty well a young bunch of uh, Euro guys. Um, Production's really good. You know, they're doing good festivals. Like, it sounds great. You know, and they've got, like, they kind of dress really similar. Even the logo's done in the style of, like, um, you know, that whole kind of morbid visions, like schizophrenia area stuff. And I just thought, well, why the fuck not? I mean, schizophrenia's a fucking great album. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, if you're not, I don't know, fuck how old you have to be now? Like, if you're not 48, you weren't there, you know, to see him in some club in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Like it's great. You can fucking go and see him and have a load of beers and just fucking bounce off the walls and have a fucking great time. So, you know, that's, that's cool. You know, that's still happening, you know, still, it's cool that people still think it's cool, you know, as well. I mean, like, especially in like pop music and other genres, it's like, it's, it's almost like uncool, right. You know, that everything has to shift on and it's all about the new. I mean, that's what I think is really special about metal music is that um, you've got 18 year old kids now will listen to schizophrenia and be like, what the fuck? This is mega. <laughs> you know I mean? That's pretty cool. You know,
1: it's really cool to see like when people take that older style approach or have a similar sound to older bands because it pretty much just brings in a new generation for them to discover th- some of these older it, bands.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more because I mean otherwise we I think it would be really arrogant of me to presume that somehow like or any of us who were like at the, the the bastion of a front line. I mean again, like that Iggy and the Stooges example, I'm sure there's like some Iggy fans that'll like going, Oh fucking sex pistols or a load of bollocks, you know, like literally <laughs> <laughs> the bollocks. Um <laughs> And it's the same for us, I think. I think we can get a little bit blinkered, especially like when we have that real um, incubation period, you know, in our teens and stuff with the bands that we really, really love or really impact us for the first time. So I think it's, yeah, it's mega cool that it's still happening and it's keeping it alive and, you know, and, um, yeah, it's giving everybody their first experience just as intensely as like we had it.
1: Yep. And that's actually a talking point of new metal. Um, Overall, for me, like new metal doesn't really hit the nail on the head. However, Mm. And like a lot of people I've chatted with around my age, is a lot of people were introduced to metal through new new metal bands such as like Mudvayne, Slipknot. Um, yeah. I don't know, even Mushroomhead stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, you can fault it for not necessarily being what you enjoy, but it's like it, it gave you the gift of now what you really do appreciate.
0: Yeah, dude, you've actually got a really good point there because when I think back, like when I was, like I think I saw Slipknot on their first tour of the UK. In like '99 or 2000, I think they did an Ozzfest. I saw him, cause I remember seeing Black Sabbath there, and at the time, it was really big. It was, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know how I was like 14 or something, you know, like and he just gets really sick and just really brutal because you just like don't know any different. And, and it and it is for the time; it's cool. But like, like 100, you know, I, I don't really listen to Slipknot anymore, and I don't really listen to Corn anymore. And um, yeah, Mudvayne was one. But yeah, I mean, they. They are. They're like they're just the gateway into this whole world. Like they bring you into. I remember because as well they they bring you into the concerts as well. You know, for example, actually, in going off on one, like I remember going to that Ozfest and it was my first like really big big kind of festival. You know, and um, the, I remember at the time the big thing was like they get uh, you know like all the up and coming metal bands at the time, and it's just a bit of a new metal fest. But like, fuck man, I think I saw a Tool doing Lateralus on that show as well and I just remember being like I never heard of them before and you're like what the fuck is this yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> My it's like, yeah and see the whole community and stuff and like you know you go in your first few mosh pits and you learn all the etiquette like picking people up and like what's happening and stuff and you know yeah so it's like and you know and then it's too late <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had um I had a friend uh years ago that was very much not into metal and he he would wear the stereotypical cowboy outfit, so like the plaid shirt, uh, the boots, mm. the jeans, stuff like that. And I really wanted to see Cannibal Corpse one time, and we were pretty close. So I'm like, "Hey man, want to come to a concert with me?" He's like, "Yep." I said, "Do you want to know who it is?" And he's like, "Nope." And so <laughs> he showed up in his like Western getup and he's like, so who are we seeing yes. tonight? And I said, cannibal corpse. He's like, never heard of them. And then he's standing there at the <laughs> yes. back, just watching people go nuts. And it was like a complete culture shock yeah. for him. Cause he's like, people do this, people listen to this shit. And like, obviously you have corpse grinder up there talking about coming blood and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So all the fan favorites, yeah. of course. And uh, so afterwards I said, do you want to go to another one? He's like, never again, <laughs> but, but I appreciated that. He just said, no, I'm going to go with you. Like he wanted to hang out. So he, trucked through and it was it was awesome it was a great experience even for him like he didn't he didn't really enjoy himself I'd say as much as I did but he was he was really excited to see like how people enjoy the music and really thought it was interesting how people could come together so well I guess um I don't know that I feel the same like seeing those in other genres like as an example I've been to a few rap shows and some there's so many fights and stuff like that and people really? are there just trying to peacock with each other. It's ridiculous. But at a metal show, I've never had that issue. Everyone's there to no. enjoy the show.
0: I mean, I, th- I forget that sometimes. I think we're a little bit spoiled because, um, I mean, I've never been to rapture. It's interesting to hear what your experience of it because I do like hip hop, especially like kind of old school, the 90s, 80s and 90s hip hop. But um, uh, I've been to a lot of like kind of raves and that kind of thing as well. Um, just usually just chasing the party <laughs> more, yeah. than any, yeah. more than the music and um i think the drug culture within the rave scene keeps that pretty pretty friendly on the whole depending mm. like kind of the type of event but i do find it really interesting i think we're really lucky i sometimes don't i think we don't realize quite how lucky we are in the milk community that like how friendly and supportive it is because for sure like more kind of you know, quote unquote normal nights or mainstream where people are there's a lot of aggression mm-hmm. and there is a lot of violence and there's a lot of misunderstandings and I think there's a lot of uh people with kind of like ish just issues kind of going out and like butting heads sometimes um and i always wonder because like sometimes you hear like normal people talk about metal concerts and i think they see the mosh pits, they hear the violent music and they hear the subject material and they just think it's disgusting or like insane like it's some kind of violent orgy or something mm-hmm. and well in a fun way it is but like it's completely <laughs> i mean it's just so of course there's always like things can go wrong anywhere. But like I would say on the whole, like it's just truly a positive um, experience, really. Like I never feel threatened at a show. Maybe, you know, maybe it's because I'm male. Like, I don't know if it's different for other people, obviously, but just speaking of my own experience. But yeah, uh, it always feel like safe and supportive kind of places, you know?
1: Totally, and it seems like everybody. Again, it goes back to being there for the the common cause. But I'm glad that you touched on EDM mm-hmm. concerts too, because at concerts. I say that lightly. Um, <laughs> so I used to, I used to go to EDM shows a lot because I really enjoy the music. Drugs weren't really my thing, but the the thing that stopped me from going to the all night raves was that I started to notice that, um, yes, everybody was respectful and nice and loving and everything like that. However, that was solely focused around the drug culture like you mentioned and it seemed like that the show was more more about the drugs than it was the music and that kind of put me off so after that i started uh journeying into more like real live music with instruments with Mm -hmm. vocalists all that kind of stuff and i'm glad that i did because i really just i don't miss that scene at all yeah yeah definitely I I barely (laughs) even listen to the music anymore
0: yeah it's, it's the same for me i mean i maybe have like a little nostalgia trip now once in a blue moon but um i mean i i I've been teetotal actually for a few years now, but like, um, just because it was kind of getting on top of me. But like, I used to go over it pretty hard, like when I was a teenager and into my 20s and well, maybe into my 30s a bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I couldn't agree more. I think um, like that scene is really propped up on the, on the drug use first. And hey, whatever anybody wants to think about, it, I'm not saying that's, I don't want to, you know. Not that there'd be probably many people in listening to edm writing in you know complaining <laughs> <laughs> <to this> show <laughs> kind of cool if they did actually but um i do think yeah it's propped up more on like it's a soundtrack for your drug taking but it's like metal music is like that's it's an event it's it's about the band you know it's about the music and the shared experience actually i mean what the fucking music can you like just literally go i've been i used to go to um cause i used to live you know, I'm from originally, I lived in London for a long time, but before that, again, when I was a really young kid, I just lived in the, the sticks really, you know, and I'd just, there wasn't many people or even in my town really that would listen to metal, so I used to just go to the metal concerts on my own when I was younger. It's fucking brilliant, because you could always find just, um, you know, just brethren, you know what I mean? It's like, what other sort of event could you like, you know, be four rows from the front and, you know, be arm in arms with a total stranger, you know, singing along and stuff, and just you know have this sense of kinship you know just for a few hours it's it's kind of a yeah it's miraculous
1: i totally agree with you there and just to quickly touch back on the whole drug thing like i I don't think anybody has well there are some people that have issues with this but for me personally i don't really care if people take drugs i don't care Mm -hmm. if they're under the influence whatever if they want to have a good night let them but the thing is with with metal even with rap um i have been to a country concert which i can't say many good things about because again that's not my thing but the music came first and like EDM is propped up with with a drug culture. It's not the same in metal. Like people can be all under sorry under the influence of a, any any substance they want, but they're still there to enjoy the music. And it's not. Yeah. I guess their experiences aren't um dependent upon what they're taking or how much.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, to paraphrase Otto from The Simpsons, it's like you know, I don't need drugs to enjoy this, just to enhance it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's that's a great way of putting it. And like we talk about the violence and the chaos and stuff like that, and it's yeah, the mosh pits crazy, but that kind of show allows you to get your aggression out all the negative emotions. If you feel mm-hmm. like doing that and, and still have a good time being in a safe place where people will help you up if you get hurt or push you out of the way, if you, if they know you can't handle it, that kind of thing. But it's, it's not so presumptive as to think that you can't do what you want essentially.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's massive catharsis. Um, and like, I mean, I always had a lot of anger issues and just to be able to go somewhere and like, just go, you know, absolutely shit and just lose your mind and not, literally nobody's nobody's judging at all You're even looking or caring and just and, and it, it's, it's funny because like i used to go to all those concerts and getting really used to that vibe um somebody offered me a ticket to reading like years and years ago like a last minute like i can't go it's for the sunday which I th- is usually the, I think it was the sunday which, like uh, the festival is kind of really weak now it's like they used to have a metal day on sunday but now they don't bother it's just like pop shit now but it's kind of cool because i think it was pearl jam um and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to go see that. I've never seen Pearl Jam. I've seen him on a Sunday. And it was interesting because it's a massive festival. And I think Pearl Jam are kind of on that boundary where, like, if you're a little bit kind of in the normal sphere of world, the world, you know, if you're not into metal, basically, like, you could be into Pearl Jam. You could have, like, quote, unquote, quite a normal sort of, like, personality in life. And uh, But then, like, I think with like, the <laughs> metalheads, like, Pearl Jam, because it's, like, a cruel band. So it was really interesting in the crowd. And, like, there's quite a lot of just, like... um. I just remember vividly like there was this chick and she was just like having a go at this guy cuz he's tall <laughs> and you know, it's like and it just was going on and it's like 60,000 people in the crowd or something you know we're, like five rows from the front it was like it's nobody, everybody's pinned you can't move man as i said you know i just remember saying to her, it's like he it can't help being tall it's like <laughs> it's like it's, and she's like oh I just you know I just feel scared because like there's all these people around and you know you know they might start rocking out it and it and it's funny cuz it just just assumes a all heads what I just said to her, which was like, hey, you know, nobody's, nobody's trying to hurt you here. And if you need any help, like, just tap tap us on the shoulder and we'll put you over and you can crowd surf over to the front. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's sort of weird, like, those two worlds match. I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, yeah, people must not be used to this. Because, like, it's almost just, it's wicked. It's like unspoken law at a Metal Geek, you know. It's like, yep, you know, oh, shit, that person's gone down, you know. Man nah, down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Funny, because I had a conversation with a friend, actually, this week, <clears throat> kind of about the same thing and uh an example that i brought up was loud as hell festival last year which is a a Mm -hmm. local canadian metal fest and i'm stoked to go again this year but last year was my first experience at a at a festival it was by myself and it was fantastic but what really blew me away is that i went into the venue and they had all of their merchants or their merch booths kind of at the back Mm -hmm. so they had all the area for the band clothing and and merch items but then they had different um, vendors so they had one that was like some really cool painted um like wooden paintings and then there was another one that was hot sauce and then the one that really blew me away was um a vendor that ha- was selling literal weapons so like swords <laughs> axes i'm guessing maces <laughs> stuff like that And only at a metal show could you have that inside the venue and have nothing fucking happen
0: <laughs> oh that's excellent man yeah only in canada as well I don't maybe oh, sorry oh, sorry probably, my american yeah. reverend <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the excellent. worst
1: thing that happened was there was um there was a huge windstorm so everything started getting blown all over the place and we had um <laughs> i was i was not present for that time i had to go back to my trailer I, I made some food and i ended up having a nap during this but i saw the videos and people were literally holding this stand up so that it wouldn't fall over they weren't taking anything they were just holding it up to make sure the guy's product yeah, was protected it was hilarious but anyways metalheads are awesome that's where i was going with that
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who else in the world could you like, you know, your, your fucking stool's collapsing. <laughs> like, help me pick it up. I'm not robbing you. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, man. It was great. Oh, so back into your your lessons here. So you said that you only learned guitar for about a year, was it?
0: Yeah, I only had lessons for a year. Um, but it just self-taught, basically. I, mm. I thought it, it – I guess maybe why did I stop? I got to a point I think it was helpful, actually. It got me out of bad habits. Mm-hmm. I, I would recommend it to a lot of people just to – Obviously depends on having a good teacher, but um, uh, there's no right and wrong way. But I do think there are some like really nice basics about playing guitar or an instrument that can just set you up to not make your life harder ten years down the road when you're like shit. I gotta go back and unpick all this like bad habits so I can then progress again. So it's really I found it really useful in that sense. Like um, just put me like, I mean, because I was just a total moron, you know. So when I started, like I was like, I was just classic, you know, I just had a my dad made a classical guitar in the 70s and like he just lived underneath his bed you know for decades and then we went to nirvana i got it out and i just you know spent like i don't know probably a month trying to learn how to play come as you are you know yeah. getting <laughs> stuck on the best five notes or something <laughs> you know my guitar teacher was just there to be like oh no you can pick up and down <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah just to you know it was, it was really good just to get all that kind of basic stuff you know and I think as well, like, I really love those old school musicians because they had a really good, like, ethos on um, how to play guitar. Because I, I used to teach guitar as well. Like, I was a lot borer. like, in my teens. um I had a spate of, like, teaching guitar for a few years. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like, yeah, early 20s, probably. And and um, and I and it was just when, like, all the YouTube stuff was coming in as well, which is great, actually. Because, I you know, even now, like, if I just want for a giggle, just want to learn something quick, you know because I'm so busy with the the band's music. I don't, like, I just have, like, 15 minutes to spare. I just want a quick blast on a riff, you know. It's like, it's handy. You can just go and have a look at it. Um, But I will say it's not, like, a great... um, I think sometimes people, well, like all things, the internet means everybody has a voice, which means some people that maybe don't really know how to play quite so well, like, also get an opportunity to share how to play with other people. But You know, I mean... People. (laughs) I mean, nothing wrong with it per se, because as well, it's a bit like, um, it's a bit like vein and Slipknot, I guess. It's like, it could be a gateway drug, you know, for somebody to really explore guitar. But um, I suppose what I am saying is like, I feel lucky that, um, yeah, I got somebody to show me that uh, was sort of passing on these kind of really good nuggets. But I think it put me in good stead, actually, you know, you know uh, more or less. Yeah.
1: And then moving into bass and vocals, did you have any formal training uh, training or learning with those as well? Oof.
0: No, all on the job. Like, um, I was never a vocalist. I mean, I sort of kind of sung some grungy stuff uh, with acoustic for giggles, but um, when did I start singing? I think this was, wasn't the band that I was doing with Tom now, but I think we it's the first time I kind of, I knew him at school before, but we've never really jammed together. And I think we were like 15, 16. He pulled me up and he's like, oh yeah, I need like uh, somebody to play some guitar on this just thing I'm doing. Like, oh, can you sing as well? I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like not a clue. And I went, and um, yeah, I kind of sucked really bad, like because I couldn't do. I, I mean, I could sort of sing, but like I couldn't do any. I think I wanted to do some like, aggro kind of, probably in an email early style, I guess at the time, kind of vocals, and I really sucked at doing that. And like, and I suppose fast forward, you know, ten or ten or more years, and um, a bit more as well. And uh, it's all been trial and error, I think, literally. I mean, my vocal style when I in my 20s used to just be shout as loud as possible, I absolutely just destroy my chords. And then you end up, you know, after like you do, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 gigs, and you're like, fuck, you know, my voice is just destroyed every night by the end of the show. Like, um, I started to try to find a way to be able to like, just keep um, making, you know, to just be able to perform and perform better and like longer and keep the and keep my voice healthy, um which kind of made it actually sound more brutal, which is weird. Like something I, in the last sort of, um, oof, like ten years probably, I would say. Actually, I started doing a technique, really saved my voice, but actually made it go a lot heavier. I mean, some people say it sounds a bit death metally, uh, like on the record, and and now it's getting lower as well. The more like obviously as I get older and more shows I do, but like. Um, it's ironic, really. I think people should. Well, actually, I shouldn't time out the things. Like I see kids now, man. Like with my like, new Deathcore stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever. They've got to dump out, You know, let them do their thing.
1: <laughs> it's crazy to see what people can do with their vocal cords. Like I was even blown away. I mean, mm. we can go back to the OGs. Like you look at somebody like I don't know, a Morbid, Angel, Cannibal Corpse. Mm. Like yeah. for me, again, it goes back to that Slipknot. the first, the first person that I heard do the death growls or the the screaming was Corey Taylor, and so yeah. I had like a weird he was kind of like my litmus test for example so the first time somebody gave me cannibal corpse i was like well it doesn't quite sound like cory taylor so i can't be doing it right <laughs> but it didn't take me very long to realize that everybody's different and that's just mm-hmm. their way of like they're using the same techniques but they just sound different because their voices sound different that's what it is yeah that's it has been around for a long time it's crazy
0: i think so and like um i guess we just like really focused in on it and like with a lot of production mm-hmm. as well like we put it right up to the forefront but like I struggle to think of examples, but I'm sure I've heard old, like, 80s records um, that are not even, like, um, not even, like, extreme noise terror or anything, but, like, people are probably, like, you know, the screaming or, like, even the old school kind of, like, new wave bands and stuff, like, in the 70s. They've got moments where, like, you're like, hmm, you just pushed a little bit more or, you know, it's it's there, you know? So I think people have been doing it quite a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, probably even find a few, few screams in Led Zeppelin in some places, but I think now it's oh, just crazy. Name. Yeah, and... I guess it's just, um, it, everything sounds really, I mean, I kind of like that, this about 90s, but I was having to think about this the other day. I just, I like kind of like the way like old school music sounds a little bit rough, mm-hmm. you know, like um, especially with old school death and stuff. Like it's it's kind of a bit nasty, but not in like a kind of like, Genty peaked cap kind of way. It's like it's more like it's nasty because it's like, ugh, it's it's rough. It's like it's it's got you know it's got balls. It's kind of like it's a bit, I don't know, it's a little bit dangerous. You know, it's a little bit gruff and I kind of like that and rough. Well, I was listening to I was listening to Slayer came like on my shuffle list the other day. I just thought, I just thought it's is fucking wicked because like in a way like a band like that couldn't happen anymore because it's just a time and place thing. And I just thought of the sound and like. I was just, and then I was like oh I did a little down the rabbit hole sorry I'm going down the rabbit hole now but like <laughs> I was looking at like old Slayer videos from 86 and stuff like there's one in New York and stuff I was just like fuck it's just so raw it's so fucking raw and I, I really like that about like kind of 80s and 90s and early 2000s metal it's still got a, quite a lot of like nastiness in the edge it's not all polished out too much you know that new sounds kind of cool in a different way it's very like wow it's like kind of like transformers seven you know like of (laughs) music is so polished it's like super cgi kind of brilliance about it but um yeah i do love that you know that roughness and um especially with screen vocals and stuff you like when it does sort of sound like they're kind of killing themselves as well kind of cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like that you use the word dangerous because i i i spoke with a previous guest and now it's who it was is escaping me however what they said is like there's no danger in metal anymore and and i didn't really Mm. understand what he was saying but i during this chat i was kind of thinking like yeah you're right in a way um during the early days of like extreme metal those things it was all experimentation it was all seeing what you could do now it's been narrowed Mm. down to such a science where people know exactly what to do all the time plus they have the technology to make sure everything's produced in in pretty much perfect quality so yeah in that way i can kind of i can definitely understand where he was coming from
0: yeah i think it's, it's a it's a good point because i think sometimes we forget like um no disrespect to new bands but like you look at old bands you think they're quite manly aren't they because like you got to have a set of balls to like kind of go out there and like <laughs> shred that sort of stuff considering what's out at the time even the even the political reality sometimes i think you know to be like to do a death metal band like in the late 80s like in southern states in america for example like i don't think it was a small thing you know it's like and i think now it's cool actually but even when i used to go to school like um it's quite violent to be honest, being into metal. You know, it's like you get shit off people every day, you know, if I have I mean, you just have long hair and uh or just wearing metal t shirts and stuff, you just get people picking fights with you every day and just giving you shit and like um it was hard to <laughs> be a metalhead. I mean, I don't know what it's like for kids now. I mean like I get the feeling a little bit talking to my friends that teach and stuff, it's a little bit more inclusive and because there's so many genres and it's crossed over quite a lot and there's quite a lot of big fans. Um People are, I think, in general culturally, people are like much more acceptance, accepting, like, um, which is good, which is really cool, actually, because you know it does, it did suck. You know, it's like it really, you're just like, oh fuck, we just want to go out and have, a, you know, go <laughs> see my friends, and like rather rather than run the gauntlet and have a scrap with somebody, just like you just want to have a spliff in a park, you know, it's like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, the same could be said for so many different things nowadays. But one thing that kind of runs a similar parallel to uh, the appearance of like a metalhead, especially back in the '80s, is like, mm. they have, for example, tattoos. Back back in the day, you didn't have anybody with full tattoo sleeves, and if they yeah. did, they were either a criminal or they were a, a sailor, essentially. Um, yeah. But nowadays, yeah. it's so well accepted, except in certain cultures. Um, that's how I can kind of see it being like 20, 30 years ago.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's um, uh, it probably was like that because it's a really interesting point that, like, in some ways, um, I see people out, like in a bar or something, and they have tattoos. You know, it used to be maybe uh, late. Late 90s, early 2000s, you'd be like, it's kind of like they're putting the flag up. They'd be like, oh, I'm alternative, or I'm metalhead, or I'm like, you know, I'm on the fringes a little bit. It's weird because I have to recalibrate now, actually, um for that very reason, because you see that and you think, oh, no, it's probably just like an OnlyFans model or something. It's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <sneakers. laughs>
0: it's just like, it's just a cool thing, you know? It's like, you know, it's cool, you know, but it's, yeah, it's crazy. And loads of people like neck tattoos and stuff as well. And for like that, it's mm-hmm. so, full well, we'll power to them, you know, but yeah, I wonder what the next will be. It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's interesting how the the appearance of a stereotypical metal head has changed now. Like it used to be the long hair, the leather or denim jackets, like the battle vests or mm-hmm. whatever, and then like black pants, bullet belts, whatever. But nowadays, it's like you see those memes online. It's like when the singer looks like this, you know, it's gonna slam, and it's like some like nerdy looking <laughs> white kid. It's pretty funny. Like they're so unassuming, but then they go up there and just kill it. You're
0: like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I, mean, I even started doing that with my our live look a little bit because I just thought, well. um, I like, I don't massively dress up the stage, but I like to have stage clothes just primarily because they're just sweat buckets. So it's nice to have <laughs> something to like not spend the rest of the night completely drenched in because, um, yeah, I do those days are stinking too hard. And um, uh, so I like, yeah, I kind of like try to get set a little bit of a tone. But like, uh, the last show, I was like, oh, I actually got go a shirt. And it's like, I thought, fuck me. It's like, <laughs> if only my old self could see me now, it's like culture has come full circle or it's anti establishment to wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's
1: crazy Uh, speaking of your stage presence you and thomas previously played in a band called leaden or is it leaden
0: leden yeah yeah okay yeah
1: that wasn't the first band you joined though right
0: no that was so we we, like had another i think straight out of school we had a band called cognition for a, a couple of years and then i was in a band called mutiny Another for another year or two, it gets a bit hazy now. And then I think Leiden started proper. Yeah. Um yeah, that was kind of in our twenties. So that was probably through the two thousands. Yeah. Doing Leiden. And that was um that was kind of I think we me and Tom kind of were yeah, look stuff that's happening in the UK at the time, like when we were that young was things like Evil, Pitiful Rain. Uh so there's like a kind of reboot of like the UK thrash scene. Or, or uk thrash was just kind of making a new wave and stuff so that was kind of out so we really love thrash but i think we've always like um how to put it i just think we've always been quite like um what's the word we quite just have a lot of things going on like you're just into a lot of different sounds and styles and the way the music comes out you just want to incorporate that you know this, this just comes out as a flow but for sure we kind of flumped in with a lot of the uk thrash kind of stuff that was happening at the time with leaden and um Yeah. And then like many um, musical projects, we all had creative differences (laughs) and uh, kind of imploded. Um,
1: Is that what kind of sparked the hiatus? Is that fact that you guys just had different visions of what was to be?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as well, like we've all had quite tumultuous pasts. We've all been quite wild. And uh, we kind of went hard for it, I think. Like, and it's great in one way because... You know, we learned so much the hard way because we're just a bunch of numpties, you know. And it's like, <laughs> it's like we just had to, you know, even from day one, we would just go out with the discs in hand, you know, like touting for gigs, you know, at the venues because we didn't know any different, you know. We'd just go and ask, and then okay, well, can't ask, we need to find a promoter. Okay, who's the promoter? they good the promoter. Who's the And then literally, um, and uh, yeah, we all like we all left school when we we're like sixteen, so we had no qualifications really. We like, yeah, we're just gonna do music, which is. In retrospect probably not the smartest thing to do but uh <laughs> <laughs> it was it a was good fun you know we all it's funny we just worked like really kind of shit you know uh tough i mean tough jobs i mean we just like we did all the usual shit you know like garbage men uh cleaning marine tanks like uh just take you know jobs like folding metal just pushing like i had a job once like just pushing like um four centimeter square pieces of metal into a massive machine you just goes you know, that's it that's your job for the whole day and you just gotta do that for 10 hours Every day. <laughs>
1: That'd be so mind numbing,
0: it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah, yeah. It was like a battle just to kind of like keep your soul alive in the day. Um <laughs> metal was great for that. I mean, so it just like totally lose myself in the music and um we were just like, well, we just want to do music, so we we'll just do the shit jobs just to pay enough money to just do rehearsals and just travel to shows and stuff. And we kind of um we used to practice in the drummer's boiler room in his parents' home. This tiny little place like all shacked up i mean it's funny man like no hearing protection just fucking snacks, crank shit out of everything you know <laughs> sweat our bollocks off because next next all the heating and stuff <laughs> and uh yeah just like you know just sleeping rough and having a lot of fun a lot of time and we, and we hit it pretty hard as well so you know it, it, amazing really when i look back but yeah i think eventually we just kind of you know uh, egos and it's a different time as well and it's like i don't think people are much better at communicating with each other now i think and um Back then, you know, I just think we're young, you know, sort of young, dumb for the come, really. So we're just, like, bashing <laughs> heads and, like, you know, and, and with the music, you know, it's almost like you can be so passionate about it. It just, like, fires you off against each other in a negative way. So, yeah, it kind of imploded. Um, it was a hell of a ride. And it definitely laid, I mean know, that was, like, kind of, I guess, our, you know, like, uh, our, our schooling, really. You know, it's, like, putting it all together and, like, seeing how it all works. And um, so, yeah, I forget the, the exact dates, but I guess kind of a few years after that, like it was all water under the bridge and then sort of me and Tom came back together again and we were like, oh, you know, don't we just like just forget all the kind of old rules and old styles of music that we played and everything and just, just do something fresh, you know, and just, just do something for us and just put it together and see how it comes out. And I guess that was the kind of like the birth of Past the Fall and um I suppose somewhere in there, why did I do bass? Yeah. Because we started off, yeah, that's right. Because I was a, I was guitars and vocals in in Lennon, like many 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 years ago, and uh, and then I think for a few shows we tried me on bass because as I recall the bass player we had at the time nice guy he was okay live and we came to record and we found out he was terrible like we just completely <laughs> we just done a complete um and justice for all on him and just spent like you know months drowning him out with <laughs> walls of guitar <laughs> like when we came to do the record we're like oh shit like um it's not that good so I ended up playing the bass in and then we're like, oh well, actually this is a lot better and um and then I think uh he could yeah me. He... we Either we kicked him out—I forget so long ago now. We either kicked him out, or we couldn't do the shows, and we had we just wanted to finish off this run of shows we were doing. So I was like, "Oh well, maybe we can rejig things around," and I will step in on base, and we did it. And we're like, "Fucking hell, this is awesome!" Like the whole thing really like fucking slams now. You know, it's like total power trio thing. But I think that's probably where that planted the seed. So then when we came to do Pass the Four, we're like, "Well, you know, I, I'll, you know, it was a bit like, well, we'll have everything sorted, man. You know, it's like if I'm doing the base and like." doing the vocals you know doing the guitar and like then we'll just get another drama, and and then we will just you know be ready to fucking cook you know and so yeah <laughs> it's funny i'm kind of remembering it again as i speak about it actually
1: <laughs> for you guys can past the fall be seen as like a spiritual su- successor to Zeppelin*?
0: yeah i mean i think all of it's in as much that like it's ah uh, do you know the beautiful thing about music is like it's really i mean this might sound really cliche but it's always been there in my life and it's like a it's it's really easy to be jaded about music when you do it a long time you know and like you're in and out the underground some days you're up some days you're down some days you make money some days you lose money right and um but the thing is is like when i look back it's always been omnipresent in my life and i can't almost remember not playing in bands or doing music now so it's like every and i think sometimes it's easy to feel like your life is just a set of achievements or moments or like, you know, then we're here, now we're here. And it's not true really. It's like we're, like life is a continuum and it's constantly evolving and changing. It's the only thing we can really guarantee that it's changing and, and music and being in bands, playing music or listening to music is just that. It's like you look back and you just see how it's, not something you did like while you were living it's like it's kind of been your whole life so yeah in that sense like it's it's an evolution always yeah because uh you, you, i couldn't be doing what i'm doing in past the fall like today for sure without um, all this experience all that stuff in Leiden. and um and it's almost like it's more than being in a band it's like uh oof, i don't have to describe it it's like but i mean you must know it's like the same when you're when you're part of a tribe or sharing music with people listening things it's not just i i mean i shudder to think what the fuck it's like for normal people that just put some music on like at dinner you know just to have like a nice nice bit of bubbly you know <laughs> with some nice piano jazz in the background it's like fuck, you know it's like music it's a religion basically music you know metal music is a religion
1: i have to agree with you there too i, I think that's the same for a lot of music though and that's one of the reasons that uh, i mean people over centuries like not only attracted to it, but remember it over time, pass it down through generations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it struck me the other day as well. Like when you think of a song, right, it's like, it's the, I mean, it's like the perfect metaphor for life in the sense that like it, you know, it has, it, it's born, it lives and it dies. And you go through the process of the song and it, it never, at any one point, it's always changing. It's always evolving, takes you on a journey and you end up being on an emotional roller coaster with highs and lows through it, and you're completely connected through it. Shit, you get that in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is I don't know what's fucking cooler than that. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I like to read as well, and um, uh, you know, I try to read a bit of poetry and stuff, and I, I kind of like it. I mean, I do like reading, but for me, music is just such a connected art. Like, I can't think of anything more connected or more reflective of like the human condition like than music
1: you know? through music there's a lot of intense emotion good bad everything in between mm. and that's compounded because you have the music itself like through instruments and that's something that can elicit a strong emotional reaction as well as the vocals because of how the person is singing and then also because of the lyrics because of how deep or meaningful that those can be so you can it can be essentially a triple threat
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah exactly like it has it, i mean it, yeah it has I mean, it's like almost um, you talk to your friends, you know, you're going through a, uh, a bad time or something. It's like the conversations in the, you can have and the threads you can untangle like of your emotions by talking with somebody. I mean, that's actually complicit within the music like that we listen to. I mean, that's incredible, you know, and then to have it again, coming full circle, like um, to just nail home that thing, that metal music does it. And it's inside a vehicle that just turns it up to fucking 11 and just whoo, slams it. Home. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: I guess it's also accompanied by the memories that that are associated with music. For example, if you if you have a really good night out and you're with the boys at a Wicked concert, you're going to remember that forever. And the fact that you guys sh- had that shared experience together is going to be years down the road something that you guys talk about. But you'll never say like, hey, remember that one time we had the game and we smelled hot dogs? Like that was a cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like oh, do you remember that really nice piece of chewing gum like <laughs> on a tuesday it's yeah. slightly
1: minty not not as bad as the other one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah
0: exactly yeah.
1: oh that would be boring if that's how we remembered shit
0: oh christ yeah i sometimes wonder like what the fuck life would be like that music well i'd probably be dead but i mean i'm just <laughs> not funny i don't know why i'm laughing <laughs> yeah it's like just like the way you said it it was funny
1: yeah i'd probably be dead it's like oh <laughs> that's <direct. laughs> Yeah, that's
0: uh, a true thing man like um it's funny because i i think that sometimes as well it's like i think I mean, this, this stuff must have been going on for hundreds of years, right? Like, I mean, maybe more so. I mean, like, I don't know, like, what the hell people thought when they went to, like, a classical concert or something in, like, the 1600s or something. Because before then, you didn't really have volume, right? The only way you could get volume at a concert was to go into a big hall where, like, 300 people are, like, slamming the violins together, you know? I just thought, like, it must have been terrified. It must have been, like, yeah. Something like a well, It must be like a metal concert now, really. <laughs>
1: I was just trying to think, like, when did opera start? Because that—that's another like oh, yeah. pretty heavy music experience. Because of, uh, I mean, just simple things as the lung capacity and the the ability to sing as loud as they do. I wonder when yeah. that came into play. I have no idea yeah. about opera, so if anybody's but, uh, listening I mean, and, and wants to tell me, let me know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we Yeah, I'll be right in. Yeah, it's like, it's especially like you think, oh, that whole style was probably developed to just create volume, but like in a really powerful musical way, mm-hmm. and um. Think fuck, yeah. Again, standing on the shoulders, man, because like you think somebody must have not come up with that overnight. Somebody probably started singing and then probably singing a bit louder, and then maybe a few people got around and were like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, we could like, you know, do some some gigs. (laughs) And then even
1: building something as simple uh, as simple, something like the opera house where you're actually (gasps) amplifying the acoustics and doing it properly so that it's that it still sounds the way that it should.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean maybe this is even sort of tribal because I was listening to um Ah, oh, shit. What was I listened to this uh, podcast called Huberman Labs because I'm, I'm a total nerd. It's really interesting. It's like this neurobiologist guy. and uh, I think he had this guest on, but they were talking about like the origins of, anyway, like basically when we man learned to use fire, probably before that, like all our day, it was probably like picking fucking berries off the floor or something. It's like 24 7 berry hunt. You know, <laughs> It's like fucking nothing else to do. We're just like fucking look for like wheat and berries. So, you know, you're pretty busy and then um probably what happened is like we harnessed fire and then suddenly we could be like oh we can cook food or like you know we can like um so we don't have to be out all day and then suddenly what happened is like you've got your evening so like you could be around the fire and like okay you got nothing to do around the fire what do you do you sing sing and tell stories and I was like ah yeah man so probably like the the, like song craft and music has been around like it's it's probably part of like our evolutionary, like our biology, biological memory. Like it's in, it's actually almost. Well, it's it's probably imprinted in us. I think.
1: I don't know for sure, but I, I definitely think so. Like, it it makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's just strange, isn't it? Like how it's, I mean, when I listen to really powerful music, like it's it's something otherworldly, like. And that's the power of a metal concert as well. i even mean, going to. The, it's the. Uh, I mean, I remember. I, I was ashamed to say, probably my first big indoor concert was I went to Marilyn Manson. In uh, I was like 15 or 16 or something. It's probably like Antichrist Superstar or something like that. And I was just a kid, and I, I went down it was in the big city. I went to London and uh, the Docklands. I don't think the arena's there anymore. Bigger arena, first arena show, basically big arena show. I remember it was like some sorry or well, you. Godhead or Smack fans out there, something. I mean, There's either Godhead or Smack they were like supporting, but um, pretty <laughs> shitty fans. <band>. But <laughs> like I remember, I think remember. they
1: just came out with a new album a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I just remember, I, I think they did a Tears for Fears cover. I think it broke up. So whichever one that is, Godsmack or Godhead, I can't remember. But um, I just remember I'd never heard a PA that big before. You know that first time you hear Sub, like mm-hmm. just. Completely rape your spleen, you're like, Whoa, what the fuck is you know, and like from then on, I just remember. And it's like, It's, it's, um, it's like a yeah, it must be like those early orchestral things, it's like a force of nature. You're like, This is, yeah, this is, yeah, it's not like you're suddenly, I don't think you're really listening to music anymore, like, you are experiencing like a force of nature. And I'm saying the PA must have been pretty good to say that about Godhead, to be fair.
1: Talking about all this different music and, and musical diversity and stuff like that. So you've noted in previous interviews that it's difficult to put the label on what style or genre that you fall under. Um, you have a variety of influences, I said in the intro. So grunge, groove, thrash, progressive, and a whole lot more. So is that something that you intended to do when starting past the fall, or is that something that just naturally manifested itself?
0: Ooh, yeah, I think it was natural, to be honest. Yeah. Like we've in fact that's probably why it's happened, because we always kind of our number one thing is like you just want to serve the song. Like um, The risk of sounding a bit voodoo is like, I really think when you have an idea for a song, it's kind of out there and you really you need to just get your ego out the way. I learned this a long time ago. Like for me, what's important in music is like, yeah, I mean, most musicians in a a long time can will really fast or like, you know, do some extreme kind of things. But to me, like I uh, just got to serve the song. So like whatever the song is asking for, you know you, you got to provide it as a musician uh, rather than just be like oh, okay you know now's the time for my incredible bass solo you know like, <laughs> like my, you know, maybe 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 needs a bass solo but like um i think that attitude has meant that like we've kind of gone covered a lot of ground because i guess like just we we're into listening to a lot of different music i mean i really you know uh, love all the big 90s stuff you know like alice in Chains, soundgarden i got a background in grunge and stuff like that but then uh but then you know it's like at the gates black dahlia like you know there's all the classics like mega death and things like that so it's it can be pretty eclectic so i think that's why it's come out pretty different yeah because we just decided to just let it be natural
1: Mm -hmm. and then with your lyrics um on your debut album from insanity's ruin uh you got you took a very personal approach to the lyrics and Mm -hmm. forgive me for not checking the ep but i wasn't able to find the lyrics on those songs so i didn't really look at them but in looking at the subject matter to your new album, there from deaths in the family, breakups, psychopaths, stalkers, mental health, and mm. strength through perseverance, uh, hope and honor. So, first things first, um, what made you choose to take such a personal approach to your lyrics this time around? And is that something that you're going to focus on moving forward as well?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it is because I think always I can even remember back when I was a teenager, like I always um, loved the kind of lyrical, emotional intensity of grunge. Um, I just fucking love the music of metal so much. I just love, I love fat riffs and I just love the, the but lot love the technicality. Um, not like for me personally, like making music, I'm not so much into the fantasy kind of thing. Um, I kind of think it's really cool. And I think world building is really fun and like, it's a place to get lost in. Maybe that's kind of over there. But for me, I think, um, yeah, it has to be really real because like, otherwise I just can't, it's like really difficult to sing. I think real conviction and like real feel if it's not something that I actually care about and really believe in because the music's really aggressive and it's really intense and you know I think uh, so that's why they are quite personal the things because I think yeah it has to really mean something and in a strange way it's kind of like a, I mean, we don't intend to do it like this but like it ends up being a kind of psychotherapy I guess or you know kind of musical therapy um, also I just think it's important as well like we try I guess we would sort of it's all very personal and like it's all our own experience and real world experience and stuff we know about because one, i think it's just important to think about stuff you know about so it is genuine it comes across well but that said like trying to share a message with people because i think a lot of people might have similar issues or feel certain ways about things so we still try to put like a a hopeful spin on it or like a a thread through it that's positive and relatable as well
1: Mm -hmm. and on the flip side of things, when you're listening to music, do you feel that the more personal direct lyrics like that are more impactful for you? Or are you good with this, the storytelling aspect of it as well?
0: Oh, kind of all sorts. I mean, I think definitely, I like all of it actually. Um, well, I think the stuff that really like really just goes straight to my heart is stuff that's really personal, but it's, but it's funny. I mean, it's like, I was listening to Dio stand up and shout the other day. Oh, Fuck, man. It's like the lyrics on that, like that's old school metal, but like, fuck, the lyrics to me, I think are really personal. Like, really, they're not like Dungeons and Dragons at all. And like, so they really, something like that could hit really hard, I think, for me. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I've sort of got a kin for like, yeah, very personal lyrics. Um, where, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like, I think like when you listen to a really good band or it's a really well written song, it's like, they're singing and their emotion is genuine and you can feel it's genuine off them. But then what happens is like you adopt it and you become it almost. So it's like, it's not like you're feeling their emotion. They're singing to you. It's like, it's your emotion. It's like you take ownership of the music. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's like you, you inhabit it like a really good song. It's like you become it, you know, as a, as a fan. But no, I do like with my favorite music because I, I forget that it's somebody singing almost and it's just like, it's it's just part of, you know, the fabric of your own being. And, you know, it's right like away, a manifestation
1: you know? of, that, of that emotion and it's so yeah. easy to pick out when it comes through. I totally, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from and I agree, I, same thing happens with me.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, I would, I would be very happy if we could get anywhere near to sort of doing that with our music, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's our intention, I guess, you know, to try and make it so, like humanistically unilateral but like it becomes just uh, uh um, it becomes like a motif for the emotion rather than about the specific circumstance of this one guy who's just singing to you down this microphone tonight you know mm-hmm.
1: before i read your bio um i was looking through the lyrics on the metal archives here and one of the yeah. newer songs that really stuck out to me was maurice and specifically the line ever known someone's life who has spoken through legacy of honesty not greed so I can't help but get the sense that Maurice was somebody very special to you. And are you okay with answering who he was and what, what about it? What, sorry, what about his personality or lessons that stuck with you the most?
0: Uh, sure. I think so. I mean, it's actually, it's Tom's dad. So, I mean, I can't speak for Thomas, but, um, uh, he had a big impact on my life as well. And I, I've only really got good things to say about him. Um, you know, the circumstances are quite sad, like, but, um, we lost him to answer quite a few years ago now. And, um, so the song's about him really. And, um, he was a massive impact on my life. Uh, I mean, I'll speak about my personal experience. Cause I don't want to speak for Tom, you know, cause obviously it's his father and, uh, yeah, a few obvious reasons, but, um, it was, I was a bit of a tear away when I was a teenager and I like had quite a few problems with my, my parents and, you know, I guess that's not uncommon for a lot of people. And, um, at that time, like I basically ended up being a kind of latch, latch key kid around Thomas's house <laughs> and his, his parents were so cool to me, you know, and like, um, I love my parents now and I get on really well with them. Um, but they have like absolutely no idea about any metal stuff or alternative culture or anything. So it's like a massive, I was going through some issues as well, but like it was a massive bashing of heads when a lot younger. Um, anyway, so, uh, but Thomas Thomas's family on the other hand were quite sort of bohemian, like very musical. And um, Thomas's dad was a was a bass player um, in the sixties and seventies. That was his sort of main craft. And then he was a session musician, and uh, and then he was a classical musician, like classical guitar. And he was just like he was an oasis for me, like when I was a teenager, you know. So far from hearing like you know like oh my god, what are you doing in your life? You're throwing it away. It's all you know, it's all going to shit. It was like it's just musical instruments everywhere and like and then and it was in fact actually it was it was Tom's dad, Morris, that um encouraged me to play bass and because he was a bass player, had all these old bass guitars playing around. So he'd be like, you know, here, try this, blah 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 and used to give us when we used to jams together and stuff, he'd always be giving us advice and stuff, you know, he's like <laughs> you think of most parents like it'd be like, Oh my god, what's happening to our kids? But like it's the opposite, you know, he'd always be encouraging us to like um play music and give us advice and stuff, not that we listened as much as we should have because <laughs> we thought we knew better uh, of course um so yeah long story short you know he he went quite quickly um so it's a bit of a shock and uh i guess yeah the song is just i feel like it's a really beautiful song because it's like it's amazing like what seeds you can plant with people like i, I think people should realize more that it's not just your family or your nearest kin although that's important as well but like everybody you have a contact with or your friends or just don't know how it's going to affect them or change the way that they might think or feel or live or do things with their life you know we all affect each other a lot more than we probably think we do and um yeah Morris really really changed my life and it was it, something beautiful really it's like it's, it's like sounds corny but it's kind of like a beautiful there's a seed that gets planted you know and it's coming into bloom you know now with the stuff we do with past the fall and it's kind of a bit sad really he didn't get to see us doing um because obviously the record came out afterwards and um probably even even writing any of the stuff or putting together a lot of it uh, it's been a few years now so yeah that's kind of our tribute to him really, to say you know from to the to the other side to say thank you yeah thank you for <laughs>
1: Everything well it's a beautiful way to not only immortalize somebody but to say thank you and show the appreciation that you have for that person. And I don't know I will not say this properly, but there's like a saying that very few people will know um there are very few people that will know of a time that was very insignificant to them but meant the world to somebody else. Like for an example, if um if one of my mentors was just kind of like helping me out and kind of gave me a tip off the like something that he just tells everybody go do this instead of this. And for some, some reason it was life changing for me. Mm. He doesn't necessarily know the impact that it has, but yeah. it made the world of a difference for me. And then I can pass that on to subsequent generations, whether it be the people I'm learning with, whether it be children, friends, family, whatever. So I think, yeah. and I totally butchered that, but I think that's kind of um, what you're trying to say as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think we just don't know like how, cause you're so right. It's like, you know, one word like to somebody like, you know, the mic might you don't know like how that's going to stick in their brain and then they're going to take that and pass that on and what that might grow into. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and you know, we're just really guilty. I think I'm going to really just generalize into human race now, you know, as a, as an arrogant musician should, but like, <laughs> 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 like uh, I think as humans, we're really guilty of just like never realizing like the moment that we have now is like really important because it's the only thing that we actually do have. It's like the past is gone, the future hasn't happened, but, just to come back to your point there it's like so much we can say and do things and then just be like not realize like kind of the impact or like uh what it could grow into and do so yeah sometimes think end, it's important. It, yeah exactly yeah and um it's too easy to be like uh uh what do you call it? it's not narcissistic it's the other bit nihil- nihilistic mm-hmm. in the world i think because sometimes it can just feel you know it's like ah oh, you know we have no influence, you know, impact, you know, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not an influencer. I don't, know what, I don't know who cares what I think, but that's bullshit, man. It's like, we're all, everything we do in the world, you know, I mean, the milk community is a great example of that. It's like, it's fucking pointless making music really. If there's nobody to listen to it, how the fuck would you even have found to even like play a guitar or, you know, listen to a metal band or everything. It's like, it's all because of just tiny acts being done hundreds of times over days and days and years and years and it all affects everybody so it's so like i think we have more influence than we think whatever we do
1: and it's easy to not understand the impact that you have because when you say something like you know your intention you know how far it would go if say somebody said something similar to you but if the way mm-hmm. you're acting truly impacts somebody it could it set them up for success or failure so i think i think it's important for people to to live more in the moment and be more conscious of what they're saying and when not necessarily changing what they say but maybe changing the way they, no. they approach it
0: yeah, definitely, because as well, you just don't know how many times you got left to do it, you know, as mm-hmm. well. It's like, um, it's really, I mean, I'm really guilty of this. It's like, sometimes you just, um, it's easy. Like, sometimes it even happens on tour. It's like, uh, you get into a bit of a blur sometimes because it's like, you know, it can be rinse, repeat. You know, you're like, uh, you know, do the show. I mean, the shows are always intense because they're quite emotionally loaded and it's quite intense. But like, especially when you're in a sort of tour cycle, like, you know, you, Finish the show, go shower, get on the bus, have a beer, go to bed, wake up somewhere else, get in, sound check, blah blah blah, 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 blah. And you can sort of go in a bit of a blur and you and it, fuck, you know, it's like actually, you know, it's like every moment is pretty unique and like you don't know how many more times you're gonna be able to do it. You know, any of us. And it doesn't matter what we're doing, you know, whether it's working, podcasting, like, you know, talking to your well yeah, talking to your, your family and your friends as well. It's like um God forbid it's not the last time, but you just don't know. So that's not to like freak anybody out or anything, but like, it's more just to say, wow, you know, if we take stock of like the moment, it's like, it's pretty fucking cool actually.
1: Yep. Coming back to your guys' music. So I know that you guys are gearing up to release new music in the near future, here. Yeah. but um, you've also stated in previous interviews that you guys are going to be focusing mostly on releasing singles.
0: Yes. Yeah, we are. It's kind of a bit of a step into the unknown, but like, um, we kind of, we prefer the album format, to be honest, like, I think we're quite old school in that sense, that we do like to craft a kind of flow within the album, it's really important, but um, I think as well, especially DIY and stuff now, like, um, I spend a lot of time in Spotify, and I enjoy the platform quite a lot, and I push it quite a lot, and I think, I'm starting to see now, especially with, like, I mean, you see, uh, what's it, like, Sleep, Sleep Token, and it's kind of, kind of new sort of like next big thing kind of metal stuff and like some of the newer metal acts that are coming out. They're doing this um, kind of single release style which is called Waterfalling where you, um, it's basically like you do a single and you, you stack another single into it and then another single so you end up kind of like brick by brick building up EPs and then you turn the EPs into an album at the end of a you know a set period of time. And the advantage is like it, it just keeps people's attention for longer but hopefully strikes that nice balance where I think very much these days, it's like before we used to have a like, oh, we're going to go off, do the album, and then kind of out of the game a little bit. You know, you, you keep things ticking over, you do the record, come out and promote that. And then you come out and do loads of shows. It's like more like phases. Whereas now we sort of notice like that lull kind of means that you've kind to of got to build back up a little bit again. You know, it's it does, go, it comes back, you know, relatively quickly, but we kind of figure with the single release format that there's always kind of something going on. So you're always performing. Always covering the festivals throughout the year there's like uh, new music not too much though because like you know it's like it's still got to be like each track is still super high quality and still something to be really proud of um, but there's sort of something kind of new and then it facilitates like new videos and different artistic content as well so it's kind of exciting in a way because i sort of look at it like it will be a kind of you know again busting out the cliches here but like it'll be kind of more of like a artistic and musical journey over a sort of period of like a year or so where there'll be a kind of constant flux of stuff and it'll be interwoven with all the shows and gigs as well it's kind of cool in a way because it's great for me as like um you know doing because like we get to do there's something always going on that's, that's different as well. And like nothing ever gets neglected and we don't sort of go into those phases. And also I think it, it might work better these days because um, just because of the nature of the game, you know, there's so many channels and there's so much content uh, being out 24 seven that it's uh, just the way people consume things a little bit more. And I even, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, um, that, you know, when I check out new music, it's usually to be honest in a playlist or from a friend's suggestion. And I usually only have time to kind of digest a track or two, and then once it's got into my brain over a few months and I'll like usually dive into the album. So, you know, hands up, I'm guilty of it as well. Um, but it's kind of cool because we still have the album eventually. It'll get put together and still crafted like a normal album, but it's just I guess it's just like we'll be releasing more singles and more EPs more consistently off that kind of mm-hmm. album format and the album will be a lot further down the line.
1: Well, I hate to do this to you, but I have to run to the washroom quickly. Do you mind just holding on one moment?
0: No, not so. No problems. Okay, one second. There we go. Sorry, man. Hey, man, no worries.
1: I'm really glad that you touched on a few things, because uh, you pretty much answered like three of my questions in a row. You touched on Spotify, oh, cool. which is something that I wanted to bring up. Mm. And you answered the question about turning your singles into EPs and albums, so that's perfect. What I wanted to do with Spotify is they introduced that, what is it, Essentially, like a pay to play kind of thing where they uh, lower the royalties to the artists, except increase their mm-hmm. exposure. So, yeah,
0: I can't remember how much is the percentage. It's like oh fuck. it was terrible to begin
1: with. So yeah. I thought about this a few times. And at first I thought it might be like a kind of a cool idea if, if smaller bands are looking to get more exposure. But mm. but first it's like a pay to play kind of deal so they get paid less than they already do, which is horrendous to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's essentially muting the reach of artists who don't want to pay. And then the other ugly side of the same double-edged sword is when enough people end up paying for the service. If they do, everyone will again be getting equal rep- representation and exposure. So how do you think that's going to affect either the artists who, who use Spotify as a tool or those who kind of invest in it as, as a way to grow their band?
0: Is that uh, just to double check, is that come up from the keynote that was a couple of weeks ago? Or is it the previous one where you only get, you get to opt out of being in this, it's a, special type of Spotify radio editorial, isn't it? Like where they'll take an extra percentage. Um, If it's the older one you've been talking about where like you can opt in or out. I can't remember the percentage, but you're right. Like they'll take more money. I, well, basically I think it's shit, but I don't think it's a problem. And it's because, uh, so one, it's only that specific um, recommended radio or playlist. Spotify so it's not across the board so like existing playlists uh, doesn't affect discover weeklies um, or daily mixes I don't believe I think it's just specific to certain um, Spotify uh, playlists so it's only I forget the ratio but let's just say whatever it's 50% or something that's only 50% of that particular playlist so it's not a massive it's not a massive um, uh, hit but it is shit I mean it's 100% shit because yeah I mean you, we're already to be on the platform. The royalty is already woefully low, and it's it. it you're basically yeah. You got between a rock and a hard place. Who's going to say no? So and they know that. It's just it's it's a really thinly veiled way, I think, of just leveraging more money out of uh, out of the musicians. I mean, it, quite it, somebody sat round in a boardroom and been like, we need to start making more money. Like, what can we do? And this it's a, it's a classic thing that well, it's just always been happening to musicians because musicians are really passionate about making music. They'll just, you know, they'll fucking walk through broken glass, you know, to fucking (laughs) get promotion. So people know that and take advantage of it. So I think it's completely callous, but I've opted in because I think it's not a massive hit, you know, and, um, and also like I, with the, with the way that the streaming royalties work, like I don't use it as a main source of income. So um, it's still uh, concerts and merchandising still, the, uh, the lifeblood basically of the band and wherever possible, if any source, any physical sale and like, and we still try and direct all like, the digital sales and um, through the bands like portals. So, um, that's not to say, I think people should get paid their royalties on Spotify. Um, but I do, I'm sticking with it because as a platform I like it because I kind of still think it's social media really, but in a sense, I think it's social media for musicians um, to bear with me here. I mean, you'd say, oh, okay, maybe it's just, a, it's just a you know, massive jukebox, but actually compared to Apple music, for example, like Apple don't give a shit about anybody unless you Taylor Swift, they can give a flying fuck. So, <laughs> I mean, and it's so poorly designed their platform for anybody else, you know, that's not, you know, you know, fucking earning like 50 million a year or whatever. And, um, And also, like, the playlists and the kind of recommendations are pretty uninspired as well. I mean, you can't really even do the playlisting or sharing, as far as I'm aware, like Spotify. I think Spotify are doing a pretty good job in the kind of quasi-social aspect. Like, a lot of people can create their own playlists, their own music. You can get likes and stuff. Like, you know, like... I go onto some Reddit forums and stuff and it's nice because I can chat to people, share playlists, and just get, to be honest, for my own pleasure as well, I just get recommendations on bands I haven't heard. And a lot of that comes through the playlisting and the swapping of that. And you can like and follow them. But I feel like um, I'm quite old school and I'm not a massive fan of social media, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of cool stuff about it. Like I love the instant connectivity. It's fantastic. Like i organise so many shows, do things around the world, keep in touch with people. Um, it's amazing. The technology is amazing. Um, but as a place to kind of break out, it doesn't really suit my personality. I don't, um and it's my failing probably, but you know, I, I'm just not this kind of guy that likes to just do stupid shit on the internet, try and blow up on social media, and then somehow think that's going to create a massive audience uh, that can then sort of retroactively get to listen to my music. It's like my brain doesn't work like that. You know, it's, I just can't do it. And so I like Spotify because it's more. I mean, we are just dealing in the music. I mean, you go to Spotify and it's, it's not like a TikTok video of like an you know, exploding guitar or anything. It's like you just go there to listen to music. So it's cool because I think people that really like listening to music have Spotify and you know are into like playlist building and sharing music through that. So And people can follow the page. Um, you can get good me- metrics of like how the releases are doing. Like you can see uh, it's really useful for us as a band because you can see like, really useful demographics, like, um, sorry, I'm getting a bit technical now, but like, um, when I, I think Facebook, a lot of the stuff, when you look under the hood, you know, to try and connect with your fans is junk, basically. And they're just like some scammy algorithm, really, to just try and, you know, get you to pay for some ads that they just pitch at whatever, because they're not interested. Um, I'm bashing it a little bit, but like, we still run Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because it's really nice to share things we are interested in, or like, we think look cool, like, it's so a gig photography like solo playthroughs and stuff like that. It's all really fun. Um I kinda of think of them more now like a place like once you're into the band, it's like you can kinda of hang out there. They're like so whatever your poison is, you know, it's cool. You know, you can go to Instagram there's, there's stuff to look at and do and trawl through. Um but I don't really see it as a place to like find new fans. Whereas I think Spotify is pretty cool because like um it really just directly talks about your music. You know, it's really just down to like do people like the track? And I that's really, really cool as a band to be able to like be like, oh wow, it's like it's a thousand people like listening in Jakarta or something, you know, like, wow, that's really interesting. Then you can sort of go off in a wormhole down there. And you sort of know that, give or take, it's pretty realistic because, like, there's nothing else to do on Spotify than listen to music. So, so yeah, I think it's got its faults a little bit. But, yeah, I kind of, um, it's my favorite of all the kind of so, quote unquote social platforms.
1: One of the things that really stood out for me like quite early on about spotify was the um you'd go into an artist page and you'd like their music and then at the bottom it would be like fans also like and it would actually direct you to a lot of not only well-known bands but very underground bands as well and that's how i found a lot of my current favorite metal bands is is just by being accidentally exposed to them and just having the chance to press play oh shit this is good
0: yeah you've got such a good point there because i think um it's not run by the majors i don't think i mean i think they for sure they're probably like spending loads of money like leaning on the editorials to make sure their new releases are getting in the right place. But like, it's not really in Spotify's interests, to be honest, if you think about it to just wholly give preferential treatment to like dollar because Mm -hmm. the platform would die because like, you know, people like you and I, you know, we don't care about like, you know, if it's shit, it's shit, you know, we're just into good music. So there is, although there's some payola element in it, I'm sure like up at the top end, I think generally the algorithm really just wants to promote good music because if, People like the music they listen to. They stay on the platform. If they stay on the platform, keep the subscription, and you know, make Spotify make some Swedish people rich or wherever they're based. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I mean, if I'm looking at this as a more negative way, they could be say like promoting those more underground bands, so they just don't have to pay them as much. But being <laughs> an
0: asshole, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny, isn't it? I think it's probably an element of truth in everything. Eh?
1: When you were talking about singles earlier, um, you mentioned that you were going to uh, essentially like release them, turn them into EPs and stuff, and. Mm. Like what I was thinking about not too long ago was the necessity of releasing singles like now versus say back in the 80s or 90s or even earlier. Um, back then an artist would only be required to release maybe one to three singles before putting out the full album because that's yeah. that's all that people could hear. But I think now, like you said, it's it's necessary to gain and retain that momentum because there's such mm-hmm. a wide like variety of different genres of music and bands coming out of the clockwork, and a lot of them are just great, so it's like if you drop an album' you're, you're spending a year or two not being in the spotlight
0: yeah hundred percent like and um yeah you drop it, you put all that effort into it, and it's still just one thing, and it's crazy because you' like that it could be so many hours at work you know it's like probably you know, it could be a year of somebody's you know the collective group's life poured into that one thing, and it's strange in PR world or like sharing exposing it's still sort of pretty much just one thing and it's easy to just drop you know because of the influx of so much content from and it's also quite high quality really easy to sort of just you know drop below a little bit and uh i think i mean funny i just thought maybe we've come full circle maybe it's like the 60s or something i mean i'm not quite sure but i feel like there was just like more singles being bashed out in the 60s and it's like oh quite successful we'll do a long play
1: (laughs) yeah i wonder it's it's probable i mean we go in cycles all the time like things come back in and go out of fashion come back in fashion uh we revert to older ways of doing things like if, even if yeah. you look at the vinyl resurgence and cassette resurgence in metal it's yeah. insane people prefer yeah. that to dig- digital media when that takes up no room it's a lot cheaper like there are so many things going for digital media and people still prefer the physical medium so it's like See, maybe we, we just realized what we in. had
0: no. yeah exactly yeah especially cassette man because i mean cassettes sucked but i loved it but it sucked
1: (laughs) i fucking hated it through and through i would never buy a cassette i fucking hate them but anyways i really want to it's weird because i really want to get into vinyl but at the same time i'm like am i actually going to be able to sit here and place a pin down and listen to the album front to back it's like no i do like the convenience of being able to select my song and you know randomize it if i want to or create my own playlists but still collect from time to time
0: yeah, I it was totally that way. Uh, I kind of thought the same thing because I was like, I really like it—the idea of it, uh, you know. And I used to have a vinyl player, and a, a couple of bits of vinyl, but that was when CDs were still a thing. But a few years ago, I just totally—I di- just sold all my CDs and digitized everything. Like, um, sounds crazy, but like, I've never looked back. If anything, like, it's exploded—like the amount of music that I've been able to consume and listen to. Um, and I still listen to albums, and yeah. Bit sacrilege, isn't it really for like I had a full-time band it's like it's <laughs> Just got rid of all his CDs, but clays to be just, you know, I was like a proper OCD alphabetical guy, like even my ripped off CDs would like create little artwork and covers for them and stuff, you know, and have a private place for <laughs> the rack. But um maybe I'm just scared, you know. If I go start getting into vinyl, I'd be like, Oh fuck, I've seen people's vinyl collections like destroying their bedroom floors, you know, like you know, under the weight. <laughs> I'm like, I can't go down that road, man. <laughs>
1: And then the problem is, too, like, you just want everything. So you're, like, everything that you yeah. enjoy. You want to get their entire discography. It's, like, at, at this point, it's almost like collecting comics for me. It's insurmountable. Like, there's no yeah. fucking way I'd be able to get what I want for the price point that I want, and it's, like... Yeah, maybe yeah. i'll try different medium maybe i'll try different things so one thing i've done kind of to circumvent that is um not even circumvent it just collect my own ways whenever i go to a show and meet a band is like i ask them to autograph like their album cover so i buy a cd mm-hmm. there so i know that the money's going to the artist and then hopefully when i meet them they can sign the covers then i throw it up in my wall in my podcasting oh, room oh, yeah. it's, so it's would a pretty know, cool way to background. Remember. yeah that's
0: pretty yeah, really nice bunch, scene. actually yeah i think that's the cooler thing about like underground music is like because i still like yeah it's when i got rid of all my cds of like major bands but it's when i just got back from mexico um to see some friends there i toured with before i went to one of their band rehearsals and so they gave me all the cds of the latest stuff so actually tell a lie it's i love it on that level because like the only cd player i have is in the van so it's like so it's just great that's my kind of like you know like new musical catching up with friends kind of listening to or you know especially because it's the van as well It's like you pick it up from the shows and stuff and it's like i can whack it in there and just like check stuff out like that and if anything it's like it's got a really good idea because it's i think it's i mean kind of fuck slipknot and their new cd who gives this shit and it's like <laughs> they got enough fucking money it's like i'm sure they have got to nail it on the downloads but like for everybody else that's like working the blue collar scene like you know fucking it's it's a piece of art you know it's like uh you know a digipack or a you know a yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're on the right track.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Um, I know that we've chatted a little bit about your favorite music in the uh, earlier in the conversation here, but currently, who are some of your favorite bands?
0: Oh, who am I listening to a lot at the moment? Um, try, I was trying to think of, like, new stuff, like, because I get a little bit set in my ways. Oh, what has been on repeat a lot. A lot of stuff on shuffle at the moment. Um actually I've got a list and right? I stand by it because I've been getting a lot into my mellow death. Um, so, uh, what's some good stuff I've been listening to? Um, so I've been listening to Surya, um, the haunted quite a bit as well, but that's not like particularly new, um, orbit culture as well. Um, bits hope it's devil driver as well. Cause I kind of missed them the first time around. Um, so yeah, a little bit to and stuff like um, usually. To be honest, I'm really boring. Like I fucking love. Uh, I just love all my classics. Like a really massive Van Halen fan, um, a massive Pantera fan. Like I just sort of like on my lunch break, I like to just whip out a guitar and just like kind of nail some Pantera solos for fun. <laughs> it's just, like just a uh, pure giddy joy. Um, I want to think of what else like. Um, I think sort of I mean I didn't even think these bands are new but like I think kind of metal bands that I think are still really good I mean I kind of like the last the second to last Gojira album was pretty good Magma massive fan of Mastodon mm-hmm. as well like it seems like every Mastodon is pretty much the torchbearers for me I think now like in terms of big metal that's still coming out and like doing something interesting uh and original like I think they're they're still pretty up there um yeah and like, I can get a bit old fogey because I'm like, oh, you know, I is to the new Megadeth album and it's not really my bag. <laughs> like It's like the ultimate YouTube it's album. It's not mine now. either.
1: I, I appreciate what yeah. they've done for music, but it's, I just cannot get into yeah. Megadeth and it's it's nothing about them. I know the music's good. It's It just doesn't click with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got this thing where I love, I just love Groove. I just love groove. And I don't get where I hear it. Like, I mean, because um, it's interesting because the genre thing's funny for me because like, I'm like, I think, any good band is usually un-genre-fireable, if that's a word. Like to some extent, you know, because like I was like, ah, do you know what? I I was like I don't think I'm into melodic death metal, to be honest, because the stuff I heard was like kind of quite um keyboardy and like sort of symphonic, which is not my bag at all. Um then I was like, well I really like you know Wages of Sin. I mean that's a fucking amazing album, Arch Enemy, Wages of Sin. Total classic, but I, I really don't like modern Arch Enemy. And somebody, somebody's like well that's melodic death metal and i'm like wow okay so that's gonna be really really wildly different then so i'm like well basically we're just saying like you know you just got to listen to the bands and if it's good it's good right and um yeah it started me you know that's started me down the rabbit hole of the melodic death melting because it's like there's a lot of them out there where it's just like it's just fucking sick fat riffs and like i was like and the death metal label as well these days as well to me like when people say i oh, check this band out it's technical death or it, it's groove death or it's it's difficult but, but it's just like well i think it death now is almost just like a name for just being off the rule book that makes sense you know what i mean like it's not yeah i'm gonna be pentatonicy. so it's not gonna be rock and rolly just like it's just gonna be fucking heavy guitars but it could be whatever you know it, it could just be like i just feel like that's kind of what modern death is to me it's like the more i feel like i could find an example of a, a quick death metal band that could like be really groovy and like actually on the backbeat you got ones that could be just full of blast beats ones that could be old school and just like super high and screechy you know and like just totally fuzzed out um and you got ones that got keyboards ones that are, like got gen crossovers so it's like even i think like death now is just a massive genre in into itself like it's not like it was like when you're thinking of like you know yeah, like we've mentioned them earlier, like, you know, it used to just be like an actual evolution of extreme punk from like extreme noise terror, you know, like to Napalm Death or something. It's like, so yeah, sorry. You know, that's a long way to say that I've been trying to broaden my horizons and listen to a lot of everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the curse and the blessing of the metal world. It's like, there's so many sounds within it that all these sub genres are created. But I think part of the problem is that a lot of metal musicians are just open to so many different styles of music and they want to incorporate yeah. those into heavier music. So the, the line just became... Not even continues being blurred; it's just completely fucking erased, and now everything yeah. crossover. Like, there's a band that came out with their their debut album recently called Dragon corpse and it's a power metal deathcore crossover. It's like that's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, but it's kind of cool that they're exploring those two those two unrelated genre, well, seemingly unrelated genres.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is, is like if you boil it down to it, I mean, it's like it's just we just it's just a bottleneck of like descriptive terms, really, isn't it? It's like if you just zoom out and listen to the music, you're like, oh yeah, it's metal basically, like it's like really fucking heavy or it could be a bit fucking lighter and um but it's that's you know we because there's so much we're like how, how do i describe this band to like show it to your friend <laughs> or like show it to the world you know you know
1: i think that's part of how the the way that these genres were birthed is that they were we were looking for ways to describe certain sounds or like hey if you like this band you could like these three or four bands and instead of saying that it's like here's a term that would kind of encompass them all but now again there's so many differences in between them but yeah
0: yeah and it's kind of cool as well. I mean, I think um, it's easy to be, like, on the negative train and be like, oh, you know, it's, it's too subgenre. but it means it's pretty broad at festivals and gigs, I think. Because, like, uh, Thrash World, for example, now, it's like so much like kind of death thrash or, like, all the sort of uh, crossover kind of stuff or, like, punk stuff. And you think, like, when you go back to really hard, like, if you think of, like, um, the hardcore movement in, like, the 80s in the States, you know, and then how that kind of got faster and faster and then almost speed metal was like something else on its own and then it crossed over into thrash and stuff like it's like two or three things are very slowly like you know titanic into each other you know whereas now it's like you go to a festival and it's like um there's a festival in the uk called um tech fest and uh you you, and it is is a lot of technical metal bands but like technical is pretty much the only thing really loosely tying it together when you look at mm. the bands, like you've got, you know, kind of genty kind of stuff, death metal stuff, um, it's kind of rock and roll and weird kind of like jazz stuff. And it's just, you know, mm. the metal might just cover the fact that it's got distorted guitars and the technical is because it yeah, is like technical musicianship. But I was like, pretty cool. I don't think you get a festival like that, you know, in like 88 or something, you know.
1: No shit. We have one in Alberta here and it's called Alternative Waves Festival and they have pretty much every genre you can think of. It's in a smaller city of course so that kind of is exactly. one of the reasons that they invite everyone but at the same time it it opens people's minds to not only metal but other genres of music and it brings people that together yeah. that normally wouldn't be. So it's a really cool way of doing things and to the same not to the same extent but like Loud as Hell has just a huge variety of metal bands like they had everything from stoner mm-hmm. Doom all the way up to deathcore and straight death metal and it's like if you're looking for something there's something there for you but you yeah. might just find something else that you enjoy as well
0: yeah i love that because like so many i've had so many i mean i i only got into opeth because i just for some reason i always ended up listening to him at a festival just wandering into a tent and be like oh he's this kind of like strange swedish man you know like it just with this <laughs> crushing like fucking death metal stuff and then this kind of witty ripple tea in between i think it was like four or five times i just saw him by accident i was like this fucking, i would and off the record i don't think i would have got into him back then anyway but not massive fan of the kind of like folk folk prog stuff they do now but um yeah but case in point i think and as well like a metal festival or a a show or something you're there for the whole day it's like um i don't know if i just yeah i think i'd have like basically i I think my head would explode if i had to listen to 10 hours of (laughs) technical death it's like it's for some people that's perfect but like i kind of like uh, i love the ebb and flow like you know sometimes you're hyped up and then when you're knackered, you want to just chill out and then maybe you smoked a spliff and you want to go chill out in this room and that, you know, it's kind of cool.
1: And it's good to bring everyone together too, because there's all those different types of personalities as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Actually. Yeah. More overriding than like the consumption is like, it's just, it's so cool that like, yeah, it's like metal can find, everybody can find their own personality type within it, I think, and can change and it can mutate within you know band songs as
1: well. One thing I've always found fascinating is uh, at concerts, I really enjoy like watching people and how they react to the music that's on. So I like seeing bands that I don't necessarily enjoy or, or know of, because then I get to see some people that are super hyped about it. I'm like, okay, what is it about these this group or these groups that this person is so excited for? And then once it finally starts to click, I'm like, oh, I get it. I see where you're coming from.
0: Ah, uh, cool. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I used to be like terrible. I just, especially when I was young, I was very like, militant. It's like, I was, that, I was that metalhead, I was that metal guy. Like, like you know, it's not this, everything else sucks. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but it's it's kind of cool because, like, as I've um, it's funny because I just it was all about the marsh, and it's more like, a, um, it's funny because I can barely remember how bands played because just busy, just you know, being violent. <laughs> Mosh <pit>. And it's <laughs> great as I've got older and like shrunk back to the back of the crowd more, it's like you can see people the reactions much more it's it's a true thing it's like seeing people connect and lose themselves in it you're like oh especially if it's not yeah like you said it's not something a bit that you're like totally keyed up on you're like oh that's quite cool actually yeah, i never thought you know
1: well, my last question for you today is: If people are not familiar with your music and they're trying to find you, um, we've already talked about mm. Spotify and other streaming services. But if somebody's looking to purchase your music, where's the best place for them to find it for you guys?
0: Oh, the band's website definitely. Like uh, it's that way, kind of all the cash goes to goes to us, which is dead cool. Um, so it's just past the full.com It's really easy. Um, but you know, uh, whatever you're, if you just type us into Google, past the full, uh, we're like, you know, there's all the links and all the stuff there. And I think we're just pretty much everywhere being distributed, you know, in all the all the places you could imagine to find something to listen to. So, yeah, but totally, yeah, for merch, uh, yeah. So either the band camp or, but probably the easiest way is just go to the website, com.
1: Awesome. Bill, I want to thank you again for joining me today and taking time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, I look forward to hear, hearing some new music.
0: Yeah, absolute pleasure, man. So cool to chat to you. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.